Three, two, one, go. Hey, it's Pipster and the Ginger Podcast. Actually, more news on that later about the ginger side. Anyway, we'll, we'll get into that later. And we have a guest. It's been a couple weeks since we've been on. Matt Lindell, I said it right, um, uh, is joining us. If you guys remember, a couple months ago, we did kind of a Varium postseason update on kind of what every, everything happened with Team Varium last year. Well, Matt is the first competitor with Team Varium to go out and compete or I mean, there's other guys that were there with you, but you won your first race. So, Matt, let's uh, let's talk a little bit about last weekend's race. Yeah, so we uh, made the trip down to Texas to run a brand new series. It was their first event ever, actually, um, the AXCC series. Uh, went down because uh, the series I normally run, which is GNCC Nationals, got postponed um, the week prior due to some extremely heavy rains for sounds like about five days in a row so that got postponed so we decided well we want to still want to race so we made the trip down there um had an awesome time with the brand new series it was really neat to to be a part of that and everything and uh weather could have been a little bit better surprisingly cold for driving all the way down to texas but mm-hmm. i'm not going to complain with the weekend of racing yeah oh yeah yeah i mean i think uh with especially with the results and it was, it was, it, we're, we're in the middle, we're recording this on March 3rd, and it's like, what, like seven degrees out? So I'm sure it was still warmer there than what we were dealing with up in Iowa. <laughs> yep, it, it was, it was warmer, not a whole lot, not as much as we wanted, but it was definitely warmer. Yeah. Like well, that, it was fun to be out racing. Yeah, it's fun to get back. Now, so this, this is a new series that, so this year has just started this year? Was that, yes, so like, this, this is the first event? Yes, this is the first event, and they're a, they're actually a national series for UTVs side by sides, and oh. then they're a, a regional series for ATVs because the national title belongs to GNCC at this point. Okay. So, but since GNCC does not have uh, UTVs and side by sides anymore, they mm-hmm. they forfeited the national. Um, championship so that it now belongs to the axdc but this is the first season for it brand new this event in texas uh this past saturday was the very first one for them but the the promoter and the track crew and everybody behind the scenes is is well seasoned they've uh they've been running the iowa atv hair scramble series for a number of years now and done a great job with that so they're just kind of expanding cool that's kind of neat to see kind of a a local a local group kind of take that big jump into you know tackling a national series. I know that's been the side by sides getting you know getting our GNCC dropping them was kind of been a big kind of a you know everyone that runs side by side trying to find where they're going to race and you know so it's kind of neat for an mm-hmm. organization to be able to pick that up. Um, you know I'm sure they were as bad as it was that your GNCC got canceled. I mean they took a lot of advantage. Was there a lot of racers that would have bet at GNCC that then took the trip down to Texas? Um, not as many as we were kind of thinking, mm-hmm. but, um, I do think, um, when you're talking about the, the side-by-sides there with the whole GNCC getting rid of them, that was, that was a big deal for sure. And I think this series is going to be definitely a, a rock solid home for all those guys. And I think I didn't stick around for Sunday to watch the UTVs, but it sounds like they had a phenomenal turnout and, um, most all of the guys that used to run the GNCCs, they're going to start running the AXCC and everything that, ATV side was wasn't as many of the GNCCs um, normal competitors there. I think mm-hmm. it was because a lot of them are down south training right now and whatnot, and it just was too far for them to make the trip over. It's kind of my assumption. 
Yeah. Yeah, and it's a lot of those, you know, they, they kind of have their year set out, and even when something cancels or, or gets rescheduled, mm-hmm. they're not, a lot of them aren't available, like, oh, let's just, you know, go to Texas. Um, yep. So is it, is it kind of, is it, I, mean, I might be, like, talking out of my foot here, but, um, so in, I'm guessing in GNCC there was probably more quads than there were ATVs. Is this series looking like it's going to be kind of the opposite of that, where because they're the national side-by-side, like, it's going to be a lot of side-by-sides and then not as many quads, just being that's regional? Um, I'm, I'm kind of curious on that myself. I do believe the ATVs will still outnumber them at mm-hmm. least for, at least for now. We'll, um, I mean, we just kind of have to see, I haven't, I haven't looked back at results to know exactly the number on ATVs or mm-hmm. the side by sides, but I, I do know there was the, as far as like when it was GNCC, they, the side by sides never even really came too close to matching the ATVs, but they, they grow every year. I mean, the side by side is one of the is one of the fastest growing off-road uh, market right now. I mean, it's just blowing up like crazy. So in a matter of a few years, who knows where it could end up. Um, as of right now, I think the ATVs are still going to probably mm-hmm. outweigh them this year, but I I wouldn't be surprised if in the future, just at the rate it's growing, that it, it doesn't kind of flip-flop. Do you see, um, you know, maybe it's inside baseball, but do you see the, the, the side-by-side, the reason why there's the explosive growth in that is the fact that, like, Guys that used to race quads that have gotten a little bit older and realize, like, okay, you know, I can't race quads anymore, but I still want to race. Or get, is that what you're? Is that what you're seeing a lot of? Or are you seeing guys that just start off the bat racing side by sides because they've been around them more? I mean, what is that racer community looking like as that's becoming a building, you know, race series? I've, I've, I've actually seen both. Believe it or not, and okay. a lot of both. Mm-hmm. Um, I see, I see a lot of these, like you said, retired racers that are just like, I, I don't want to put the abuse as much abuse on my body anymore. So I'm going to, I'm going to get a steering wheel and a, uh, a five point harness. And then there's also the guys that, um, that are younger. I mean, I've seen a few guys that are actually younger guys, my age or even younger that have switched from the ATV side into a side by side. Um, I, and I haven't really asked them exactly why. And maybe it's just something they like better, or more natural, or mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, it's it is. It, I really, I think it's just overall. I I even have um, friend uh, that is uh, that that's all she's ever known. She races the side by sides, and that's all she's ever known, and all she's ever wanted to do. She's mm-hmm. she's younger and got into it as basically as young as she could, and that's what she's passionate about. So she just from day one basically was side by side and that's it and that's all she wants to do that's cool i think uh i mean i think it's a lot of it's kind of a cool thing that's kind of come up around that cause, i mean something i mean if you look at i mean atvs when they started way way back and they're kind of coming out they were somewhat utility you know, but there was always kind of a race side of it like side by sides they literally came out of like these were just things that guys used on the farm and then it was mm-hmm. like every company started making them faster and faster and then like in a two-year split it went from oh, these are glorified gators to, like, oh, this is a 1,000cc and you can get a turbo kit for it. It's like, when did this, like, <laughs> when did all of a sudden, yep. it was like, oh, we all got a hot rod out our side by side. And it's funny because that's what, I mean, there's a huge community, and it is it is cool to see the, the, you know, the diversity in that and where it's the young and the old. But um, let's kind of get back to the race. So what was the, uh, so is it, it's a UTV, like, kind of national club, but then they regionally do the ATVs. What was the, was the course... Um, ATV friendly, or is it? Did you think it was more? Would have been more friendly for the side by side guys. Um, they, I think they actually did a really good job. I didn't, um, 
I didn't get to check out the whole side by side course. We do run a little bit of a different course. Okay. Um, they we we run a lot of the same, and then we do run different also. So mm-hmm. the ATV course was twelve and a half miles long, and the UTV course I think they said was nine or ten miles long. So it was a little bit shorter of a course, okay. and had uh, of course didn't go into the any of the real tight areas that we hit because they can't fit so yeah. but there was plenty of plenty of nicks that we both ran um on the same course and i uh i absolutely loved it i mean i thought it was a very very well laid out course overall for for the atvs it, it flowed really well for us um had a good mixture of different soils it was kind of it was actually a one-of-a-kind place i've never raced anywhere like it we could go from straight up just uh sand in this creek bottom and get all whooped out, and I mean, it's just 100% pure sand to start climbing the hills, and you get into some, even some clay, where it gets, almost gets blue-grooved, mm-hmm. so there was a little section that was like a white limestone, the dirt was literally just straight white, there was, it was cool, and then you, um, over on the one uh, section, towards the end, our last, like, two miles, got extremely rocky, I mean, you were running through just boulders, and all we call them rock gardens everywhere mm-hmm. it was it was really neat i've never experienced a track that had so many different different types of terrain all in the matter of 12 miles <laughs> yeah that's it's kind of cool for as a racer you know it's not like some i'm sure depending on since you race all around the nation you know you're like oh we're going to florida it's like this we're going to south carolina it's like this you kind of took everything that you've raced and had to put it into one race and does that i mean that's how, exactly. how do you do your setup then because i mean i'm sure I mean, you've you've talked to me long enough. You know, I'm not an expert really in anything, or claim to be. Like, you know, there's but there's different setups. You do like, oh, it's a really sandy track. We need to do this. If it's a rocky track, we need this. Like, what did you just have to kind of go for? Like the all around best bet setup, or what, what yeah. was that? And and you, I mean, you bring up a good point there. Normally, you do like we're we're getting ready um, for for Florida now, and it's almost pure sand. Where in Florida, there's really nothing on the track besides sand, and you get the sand kind of gets blown out so you get a lot of tree roots so it gets really rough and whooped out but then you like you said we go to say we're when we're like a little late in the season we get going to new york it's just extremely hard packed and rocky there so you set up for that and yeah different places well at that texas track i i went out and was checking the track out on friday before the race and i was like man there there's going to be a little bit of everything and mm-hmm. so it was. It was um, for me. It was a little bit of a learning race anyway because it was the first race of the season, and I actually have uh, a new a new chassis setup. I'm running the same the same A arms and rear link, but I'm running different shocks this year. Okay. And so so a whole different brand. I'm actually switched from air shocks back to a spring shocks in the front, and so it, it's a, it was a whole new setup. So I'm I was a li- on a little bit of a learning curve, but. Um, yeah, I mean, it was it was really just uh, you don't want to set up too stiff for the heavy sand and and whoops and stuff because you still have part of the track that was really rocky and you wanted it to be able to soak up those sharp edges and whatnot. So it was I was a little worried about it, but in the end, I just kind of went with my gut on my setup and I I think I was really close. I mean, not obviously I, I got the win still, but mm-hmm. always can have improvements. Mm-hmm. It, but it it was it was really good in the end. Now, um. When you, you said a term was about a while ago, and it kind of stuck out to me. And as people listening, they might not understand. When you talked about 
that that the the portion that was clay it got you said it got blue um blue rutted is that what, the term what what does that mean to somebody that doesn't understand ATV racing or off-road racing what what exactly does that mean Yeah so I've I actually kind of I think I stole it from stock car guys is where I've heard it the most it's okay. like a like blue groove when you get like a real real hard packed track you almost still you'll start laying down the rubber on the dirt Okay it, it, instead of and normally it's pretty rare for us in the ATV world, but sometimes you'll get in such hard clay or even rock that instead of it giving, you'll actually start laying rubber down on it. So instead of it getting rutted out, it just starts, it's just so, so hard that you literally can't even rut it up. And there was, there was a few sections at this track that it, that it happened. And it's pretty rare. Like I said, for us in the ATV world, we, usually don't have that most of the time we're dealing with the tracks getting what we call blown out they just get so rutted so bad they're so whooped up that they just i mean they just get rougher than than you can imagine yeah. sometimes like we're almost like just dragging frame the whole time because you can't <laughs> yep uh, but yep, yeah okay exactly. so that's that's what i was kind of thinking was want to clarify so that way if you're listening at home and for me to go and i completely see what you're talking about because i've been at you know the stock racing we did last year where by the end of the night you walk out on the track and you're like oh this is like straight up like this feels like i'm walking on tires or and it looks mm-hmm. like that i mean it almost looks like asphalt because of how how slick slicked up it is and like i told everyone before if you're ever at a racetrack and it's a, a, a feature track and then they water it do not walk back on that track because it is an ice sheet i learned that at the yep. night of destruction last year and i fell right <laughs> on my butt and slid all the way down corner one it was a glorious <laughs> glorious thing but um so you uh you know, kind of an all-around setup. Now, are you, you know, this is a new series. Were you, was this series on, I mean, obviously it was on your radar because, you know, with as as into ATV racing as you are, are you looking at any other races with this series this year or was this kind of just like a one and done because there was an opportunity or are you looking at other weekends to go travel with them? Yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to actually hitting some more, hopefully. Um, for sure, going to do um, one more. There's one just in Mount Pleasant, Iowa, which is just uh only about 45 minutes away from where I live here. So it's nice and close and I don't have a, a GNCC on that weekend. So I'm, I'm for sure going to go to that one. Okay. And I, I would really like to, to go to at least one or two more. We'll just have to see uh, what time permits me to do mm-hmm. uh, with, with the GNCC nationals and then with my work schedule and whatnot and just having everything prepared yeah. and what but I would I would love to. It's a it is a great series, and I think it's going to produce some good tracks and whatnot. So mm-hmm. I'm hoping to. Cool, cool. I, I mean, I knew that was kind of a. It kind of came up quick. Now, you did you travel down there? There was another racer um, that we all know that went with you. Kind of. I mean, would you guys travel down there together, or was that you know just kind of met up at the track? Yes, um, we traveled together. We actually, um, Jason Hooks owns Tri-State Truck Equipment in um, Dubuque, Iowa. He. He is a sponsor of mine, and then his son, Cooper Hooks, is who races ATVs also. Um, mm-hmm. First year on a hybrid, so he has a full-size Yamaha 450 frame, but they put a 250 dirt bike motor in it for kids that are under age 16 so they can start getting the feel for a bigger four-wheeler but mm-hmm. not have all of the all of the power, basically. It's a stepping stone class to to where I'm at in the pros and whatnot. It's kind of what they did. Mm-hmm. and. It's a, it's a really neat class. Well, this is his first year in it, and he's going to do all of the AXCC races. And they're the ones that actually, like I said, they I jumped in with them and traveled down there with them because it's, it's their primary series and um, really good friends. And like I said, sponsor of mine, he offered it up, and I 
I took advantage of it. So yeah. we all went down there together. Cool, cool. That's kind of fun to get to travel kind of with a group versus just trying to do the long road. Like, all right, let's go drive 20 hours. Yeah. And, and now, what does a, a race weekend look like for you? I mean, I know you were talking about you were checking the track out Friday. When do you, when do you get into a track? You know, how does that look for yes. a weekend? So, so typical race week for me is um, races are on Saturday at 2 p.m., for the GNCC nationals. Mm-hmm. So, so for me, I usually get done with my day job on Thursday. Um, sometime m- mid later afternoon, we have everything ready. We load it up in the truck or trailer, however we're traveling, depending on who's all going and, uh, take off Thursday night. And most of these races are quite a ways away from me. They're 12, 14 some of them are further like florida and stuff like that they're Mm -hmm. they're long drives so we usually will leave thursday night and we'll drive all night we have at least two or three drivers Mm -hmm. and we'll we'll drive all night just switching off and on and then we'll we'll arrive at the track sometime friday morning depending on how far the drive is and friday is kind of like a a track preview day catch up with everybody you know Mm -hmm. um get signed up and various things like that so we so we get there Friday and I usually will jump on my mountain bike sometime around in the early afternoon. And that's our day to we can go preview the track. So for the cross country racing, we can't actually, we don't get a practice lap or any practice sessions or anything like that. So we, the only way we can preview the track before the race starts is to go out and either walk or mountain bike it. And so that's usually what I do on Friday along with, like I was saying, getting signed up and everything like that. And then um, once we do that, get done, usually have some dinner, either go back to the hotel or if we're staying at the track in the trailer, whatnot, go to bed, get up in the morning, watch the, the morning races because there's, I race at 2 PM when the, um, the XC2 class is, so we're, we're kind of the, I guess the GNCC calls the premier classes, which is 2 PM. There's also amateur classes that run at 11 AM and then youth classes that run at 8 a.m. in the morning so there's tons of racing going on all day so usually watch that hang out with everybody pit some guys that i know whatever it may Mm -hmm. be and then i start getting ready for my race usually a little afternoon start getting warmed up stretch gear and everything making sure quads fueled all that good stuff and race on saturday um and then we take off pretty much immediately right after the race and head home. <laughs> yeah, it's basically race done. All right, get back in the trailer. Let's go. And I <laughs> pretty much I could really understand that. We used to. I've seen guys. We had a. I mean, some of the some of the racing stuff we've done. I remember one. I was still announcing like other classes, and like I looked behind me, and there was a racer that I wanted to talk to after they raced, but I was announcing, so I couldn't get back there. And like I turned around like a class later, and there was their RV going down the road. And I'm like, well. I will have to give him a call because <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> but he was also from Canada. So he had like a 13 hour drive or oh, yeah. yeah. So it was like something stupid. Like he was like, I got to go, but yeah, it was just funny. Cause I was going to talk to him after the race. And like, I literally turned around. I was like, well, that's done. <laughs> but, but yeah, I mean, I totally get that. Cause it's a long drive. So this weekend we were talking off air a little bit. You were getting ready. You just got done kind of getting everything ready for Florida, right? Correct. So, um, what's the, what you know? I know you said earlier it was gonna be like sand. Where's where like where in Florida is that? I mean, I don't think I have many listeners in Florida. But if I did, and you want to get into it, where where in Florida are you gonna be going this weekend? It's called Palaka, Florida. So it's about um, I believe it's just short of an hour 
north of Daytona Beach. Okay. So it, it should be nice and warm down there for us finally. Get out of this Iowa frigid weather. <sighs> and um, and it's uh, yes, it's this Saturday. The, the ATVs on Friday and dirt bikes are on Sunday. Or Saturday. ATVs on Saturday, dirt bikes on Sunday. And racing all day, both days, if anybody is down there and wants to check it out. Cool. Yeah. Some, well, I do have some people down there that I know that, like I said, and we're going to try and get, I know Derek and I have already been kind of making plans. We're going to try and get to at least the Mount Pleasant race this year. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's no reason why we don't, um, depending on scheduling and all that other stuff. But um, so that that's, is that your closest race? Like if you're, you know, people around this area that they can come see you race, would would be the race out in Mount Pleasant? Is there any other ones that are kind of within a couple hours of you? Yeah, so there's, let's see, the as far as the AXCC goes, that'll be the closest one for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to think. Um, I think AXCC has another one in, uh, I believe it's Casey, Illinois. And so it's down, I, I think, just south of, like, Champaign, okay. where the University of Illinois is at. Um, what else is there for races? That, as far as the GNCCs go, though, the Nationals, the closest one to to the Quad Cities here is going to be Crawfordsville, in Indiana, and it's about oh, four hours and 45 minutes away or mm-hmm. so. They're, that's the furthest west they come. The It's primary, primarily an East Coast series, so most everything we run is is a lot further east, like uh, North Carolina, South mm-hmm. Carolina, Georgia, New York, Ohio's, West Virginia, stuff like that. So it, it's a long, long distance for me. But the the reason I do it is it's, I mean, it's the Monster Energy Cup, like, of my sport. It's yeah. as, big as, it, as big as it gets. I mean, it's, so it, it's just it's what yeah. I want to searching for that national number one plate and so it's what i gotta do i don't like time but it's what i gotta do oh yeah exactly i mean it's kind of uh it's it, that's the dream you have i mean obviously with that hit that's i mean you're going last year with the injury this year i mean your your drive is a championship right i mean that's that's i mean that's everyone's drive but you actually have like you know like that's your game plan that's what you're kind of setting yourself up for um how does that how does that look for you in the off season and we talked beforehand the last time we talked, you had just come off of your first race back from your injury. How did the rest of the off mm-hmm. season look to get ready for this championship run? Oh man, this off season's uh, it's been great, and I'm I'm really really excited. So, yeah, the the championship is priority. I've I've obviously been been chasing it for years past, but it's I I really believe that I've I've set myself in the right direction this off season. I've got the the quad this. This uh, AXCC that I just ran, the quad felt amazing. Um, this new, the new shocks that I'm running, um, they they're great. I I think they're and they're only going to get better. Just keep working with them. Um, mm-hmm. But I physically feel better than I ever have. Also, um, coming off that injury last year, I really kind of opened my eyes on a few things and started doing a little more research and learning on the fitness side because it's just such a big part of of these two hour races they are just so long and so physically demanding. Mm-hmm. And so I've really worked with that. I started actually working with a trainer, um, this off season too. And that's helped tons. And I'm, I mean, I couldn't be happier with how, with how that first race down in Texas went. So I'm, I'm really, really excited for this, this season. Yeah. Who is, um, 
you know, kind of right, not to like name, but who in that series, who is your biggest competition that you're going to be, you know, if, if we follow you this year, the names that we're going to see, you know, around you as you finish during the season, like what, are, what, 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 what other competitors out there are your biggest, like, you know, the kind of like the ones you, you have the bullseye on to beat. Yeah. So there's, there's, there's actually quite a few of them. The, the XC2 class is, I believe is, has been extremely stacked for the last few years as far as talent goes this year. Um, and you never, you, you never know positively just because the, the off season can, can change people for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, good or bad just yeah. depends on who, who put the work in correctly. But I think, I think that the, some of the names will be like, uh, John Galata. I think he's going to be very, very good this year. Um, mm-hmm. Austin Abney, I believe is another one. Um, Drew Landers. Uh, let's see. There's, there's uh, Matthew Blankenship. Um, I think Ronnie Rush is uh, another kid. So there's there's a handful of guys. I'm sure I'm forgetting one, but there's a handful of guys mm-hmm. up there in the class that, that are they're fast. I mean, there's there's a lot of talent there. And then we also we're all on the course together, so we're out there with the pros. There's they start with a about a 45 second time gap in front of us, so they start the pro XC one class does. And then us and pro am will start just roughly 45 seconds afterwards. So we do still have the ability to catch up and race with the pros at the same time. So granted, we're not going for class points together because we're in separate classes, but we're still going for overall position at the end of the race. Mm -hmm. And there's, there's a lot of good racing that goes on there. And every one of those pros is just downright fast. I mean, they're, they're pros for a reason. So that's, there's always good racing going on in that sense too. So the XC the XC one that's like so that's the top class, and then you're like that in the is. class right below. Okay, what's the yep, that is the top of the top. Okay, that's the top, and that's um, you know, is it seem like I know from some other motorsport stuff I've been around, it sometimes seems like that. Like, and you you kind of mentioned that on like how stacked the XC two class is. That class stay pretty stacked because of you know you can place an XC two and then go to XC one and be like I got tenth place. Is that is you know is that why you see a lot of XC two being as stacked as it is? I think so, and I I think that's part that's part of it, and it's it's good. It's definitely just a good stepping stone to get you ready for the XC one class. Um, so so kids moving on up through that are just kind of on the fence that they they're going to use the XC two class to to learn another year, another two years before they move in to running with the pros because it and it's, it's what I've been doing is just trying to learn and get better to eventually go pro. I mean, that's, that's my goal. And, um, it's, but it's a big step because that, that pro class is no joke. You can, I mean, you can enter it as long as you're, as long as your skill level is high enough, they'll let you enter the class and I could do it, but those guys are no joke. I mean, I can, I can run around and maybe, and maybe knock on the door of the top 10 uh, here and there, but man, those, those guys in the top 10 and for sure the top five in the pro class, they, they're no joke. I mean, those guys are just flat out flying. And I mean, it's, it's like the, it's like me and pro-am would be the, the two fifty class in supercross. Mm-hmm. And then you or the four class that that's the pros. I mean, so there's just, even though the two fifty class is still stacked, those guys are good. You go throwing them in the four fifty, the yep. rookie season, not some guys will perform great, but don't get me wrong, but a lot of guys, it, it's a year or two before they can really get their feet under them. Yeah, and it's, it's it's a whole, it's a big, you know, change on chassis and change on, like you said, mm-hmm. with your competition, you're going up against. So that's, you know, kind of, your goal this year is mm-hmm. to win the championship. You win the championship this year, are you going to defend it for a year, or are you going to then make the jump up to XC1? 
or is that something I you don't want to think about? <laughs> I think I think XT one. Um, okay. I think I think I'm I think I'll be ready. I, okay. You, even if even if I don't get the championship, I'm still pretty confident I'm going to go to XC one either XC. way. I think okay. I've I've ran XC two for for quite a few years now, mm-hmm. and um, as much as I want the, want that championship, if it doesn't if it doesn't happen this year for whatever reason it may be. I, I really want to run with those big with those big guys up front next C one and mm-hmm. I've been wanting to for a long time and mm-hmm. I think I'm another year under my belt I think I'll be ready to, to at least give it a shot. Oh yeah, and I think okay, so again this is like sometimes I'm having you explain things and I know when we talked to Derek we didn't always have a chance to do that and it's just because I don't always know and I know some listeners might understand when you say pro does that mean like are these guys like paid to be there or is it just like they call them pro because they're at the top level? Yeah, so there's. There, uh, in our sport, in the ATV racing, there's there's not really much for factory support anymore, mm-hmm. um, like there is in the Supercross world for mm-hmm. dirt bikes and whatnot. But there is still some. Um, but these guys, there is a handful of them. Not every single pro is is paid to be there or has a full ride or anything. But there definitely are some that do. Okay. That, that is their job. That is their day to day job, 365 days a year. That's all they do. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, not not every single one of the top. I, there's typically ten to fifteen um, pros, and not every single one is paid by any means. But there there are some that are. Yes, it's there's some that you know have. Well, it's hard too. Like I mean, remember you you were saying earlier where the quad that you race hasn't been made since what was it 2014, right? Or was it lower yes. than that? Yeah. So it's yep. like it's hard to get factor support on a quad that. You know, the the reason why there's factor support is because in all reality, the factory is trying to sell bikes. You know, mm-hmm. but, you know, motocross racing is more genuine than I think NASCAR is now in the sense of, like, you win on a Saturday, you might sell a bike on a Monday, you know, mm-hmm. with Supercross. And so it's hard for, I can see where a factory, it's hard to be like, oh, hey, yeah, there's our five-year-old, qu-, you know, which then you look at him like, mm-hmm. look, look, guys, you still make the same engine for the 450 dirt bikes, like, give us a new chassis, <laughs> you know. Or, exactly. But, again, that's what is what it is and that's where and is is that kind of we go back a little bit to the side by side why that sport's growing so much because there is some is there more factory support in side by side racing right now or is there any factory support at all in that in that in that in that series no you're exactly right there is there's much more because almost every major manufacturer actually i think every major manufacturer now is making is making one mm-hmm. um, they make the workhorse and they make the race horse yep. i mean they do both mm-hmm. um, and and that's that's exactly right. There, there's tons of it um, from East Coast to West Coast. There's tons of um, factory support or very, very good factory support. Mm-hmm. It may not be full fledged, but there's there's definitely some good factory support with it. No doubt about it. Mm-hmm. And that's and that's just interesting to see. And it's kind of you know I'm sure as an ATV racer for your li- your whole life, and that's what you're passionate about. It's probably kind of hard to see that like going, hey, you know, we're still we're, mm-hmm. we're racing right here. Um, is there is there been more like aftermarket companies partnering up, you know, like your shot companies and, you know, different suppliers and that. And is that what's kind of helping some of those pros out as well? You know, trying to cut deals, oh, yeah. multiple deals. Definitely. Okay. De- definitely. Um, big time. That's, that helps a lot of them out, whether it be your, your tire manufacturer or your suspension manufacturer or something like that. They, that's a, that's a huge part of, of the, the ATV world now for sure. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean you got to have, obviously the factories are kind of, if there's quote unquote not as involved now is is that all like of of your big three you know your Honda Yamaha, 
like KTM Suzuki or actually not KTM but Suzuki is that are they all three done making like that style quad or is it just Honda that doesn't make that style anymore? Yamaha is the only one left that is actually still making uh, a sport ATV. Okay. Um, well, I said I said a, a 450 sport ATV. There's almost every manufacturer is still making a 400 sport ATV, but the the 450 that we all race um, in the motocross and cross country side on the ATV, we all race the 450s, no matter the manufacturer. And mm-hmm. it's and Yamaha is the only one since. Um, I believe 2014 okay. was was the last year for Honda, and I believe 2010 for Suzuki. Um, and so it, they've been the only ones for for quite some time now. You see, is there, you know, it's going to sound politic when I say, this, is there a blue wave coming then in the ATV world where <laughs> Yamaha is going to be the, you know, I mean, I, you know, kind of the king of the hill, or is it going to be kind of what you're doing where guys are keeping older chassis or is there companies that are looking at going hey we could just make like we can take this old chassis and make it you know just redo the whole thing and then basically you can aftermarket out a, like a 2014 bike yeah there's you can do that um but as far as the rules go for gncc you can't actually race that then in the in the uh, okay. xc1 pro class and you have to have a factory vin frame that matches the correct cc motor so oh okay um, so that's it's for for pro class now you can race in a lot of other classes with it but pro class you cannot so there and there definitely is a a fair amount of yamahas but i i wouldn't say that they outweigh the hondas yet i'm not saying it won't happen just because honda it's been so long since honda's made one that i'm not saying it won't happen by any means but i don't think that the Yamaha outweighs Honda yet in the mm-hmm. in the entries, but it's it's definitely been getting closer the last few years. There's yeah. no doubt about it. Well, yeah, I man, it's, it's got to be hard, especially with that rule. And I did not realize that, you know, as the pro class, which that's got to get be getting harder and harder because you know mm-hmm. I'm sure every week there, you know, there's you know someone wrecks something, or even if it's just like oh I I smoked this tree and it finally did the mm-hmm. frame in, you know, like yep. and now I'm scrambling mm-hmm. to go find a 2014. Oh, they're all five years old and. Everyone has been known mm-hmm. by like a twelve-year-old kid that was like flying across yards. So they're all, you know, so it's the frames are coming mm-hmm. rare and rare. And I mean, you do you see some kind of a at some point GNCC having to like make a uh, you know an amendment to that where allowing or is it going to be where because Yamaha is the only factor support they're going to stay you know kind of true to that. Yeah, I that's going to be tough, and I've actually discussed it with other racers what what we think is going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, at some because at some point they're they're going to have to do something either another manufacturer is going to have to start making or GNCC is going to have to allow just a, a factory spec aftermarket frame maybe um, mm-hmm. or yeah you everybody's going to end up on Yamaha that they keep if if they even keep making them because what's this I mean who knows maybe Yamaha's going to quit making them we don't we don't know it's I do think something will have to give before too long though. Yeah, and I think, you know, it's and this kind of the probably the, the double edged sort of side by sides. I think, you know, the sport side by side was kind of a dagger to the the AT, the sport ATV side because suddenly mm. once those got to be in similar we could go about just as fast, but you know, you could put a five four harness on and sit behind a wheel and drive it like you drove your car, you know, without having to think differently. I mean, you obviously think a little bit differently, but, you know, it's kind of a little bit more similar to what you're doing. You know, that was probably a big market share of all of a sudden these sport quad guys, 
you know, uh, you know, at least in the like I, guys that don't I, race, you know, like your guy that wants to yeah. go trail ride, you know, all of a sudden all every, every trail in the country and now allowing side by side, suddenly it was like, well, I mm-hmm. could just, you know, I could ride this, my, my girlfriend, wife or whatever can sit in the passenger seat. We don't have to, we don't have to buy two and she doesn't have to hug me for four hours while we're trying to ride and mm-hmm. throws the weight <laughs> off everywhere. And now we're dying cause we're rolling. I mean, it's, well, it's just a safety thing, but yeah, I think, uh, that's an interesting topic, and it's something I, you know, when that with how that all would how that's all going to play on the next couple of years is going to be interesting, especially for GNCC. No doubt. You know, at some point they're going to have to realize either a it's going to be okay. You know, everyone's on a Yamaha, which for guys like you that have run Hondas and you know how Hondas work, you know what you can do on a Honda. It's not exactly like you can just go to a dealership, buy a brand new Yamaha, and be like, okay, I know what to do now. You know. Exactly. That's it's a it's a big deal. I mean, and I agree with you 100 percent on the on the side by side thing. I, I think it definitely did did hurt it a little bit. Um, and who knows? I mean, I really hope that that Honda comes back around and starts making one, and Suzuki would, and Kawasaki or whoever. I mean, just it, it would definitely be nice. I I'm not going to hold my breath at the same time though because it's it's been how many years since any of them have made it. it it's it's tough, I know, I, with the economy the way it's been and everything. That's mm-hmm. probably the big, big factor. And yeah. with the side by sides exploding like they are, it it very well couldn't not happen again. So who knows? <laughs> and you don't know. I mean, maybe with some of these other series coming up, you know, the more racing that there is, I think the more you know, racing still is going to push sales. If a you're just getting more people to try and get involved in a sport, and if they can find a local series to go run, that's not so far. You know, not driving mm-hmm. is you know not going to go as far. They're going to be buying more stuff, and, you know, maybe the, the factors will see that. I mean, it's it's hard to say because, you know, you also, you know, you're thinking about the decisions aren't being made by the guys that are designing it. They're being made by the people that look at the numbers, and they might be going, look, you mm-hmm. know, we'd love for you guys to have brand-new Honda 450s, but we're going to sell, like, a 1,000 of them a year, and it costs us this much. You know, it's like yep. – so there's a, lot of, there's a lot of things that are in that factor. But, yeah, it is, it is an interesting topic just to kind of start thinking about now because in four or five years this conversation might be different, you know, with what – with what's happening and again in, in atv yeah. racing four or five years that can be you know that can almost be your that can almost be a career you know depending on how you're doing it mm-hmm. so yeah exactly so you know we're looking long term we, we said four or five years where do you you know you want to obviously you're making you want to make the jump to xc uh, xc1 next year how you know what, what what's your long dis what's your long plan with atv racing you know i mean obviously the elephant in the room is you can't you know you can't race atvs forever I mean, you can always have fun but where where do you see ATV racing taking you to the next level, and what and with what you're doing? Um, honestly, the the plan right now is just the the XC2 for this season, mm-hmm. um, XC1 next year, and I kind of go from there. I mean, I I don't really have a set time frame on myself, or mm-hmm. I I'm just kind of gonna go as long as I'm enjoying it mm-hmm. and still being competitive, and then. I don't, I don't know. I mean, I haven't, I haven't thought about it a lot, whether if once I kind of, I guess, over the hill for lack of better term, if I, if I'd go down to a, a plus 30 class or something like that, that, that they have and still just race just as my, my hobby, just not take it near as serious. Or if I would just kind of get out of it all together, I, I haven't really thought about it a whole lot. So I don't, I don't really have a good answer there yet. <laughs> oh, and, and I don't mean to end, like you know, like oh, let's let's get Debbie Downer here. But I mean, I'm just you know something to think about. And I just think you know, like, are you looking at like mm-hmm. you know, I want to build a good career on GNCC and then basically be able to use that to then you know build a training center in Muscatine where 
people that want to get involved in racing can come. And I know you've already done the schools. Are you planning on doing one those uh, mm-hmm. another one of those this, this this summer? Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's uh, been uh, two years running now, and have a blast doing it every year. So I'm I'm planning on doing another one this summer, uh, and really looking forward to it. And as as far as the future for for racing and me and whatnot, it's like I said, kind of just as long as I'm still enjoying it as much as I am right now. I I would love to to run XT1 as long as I can. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's a big commitment, I know. So I'm not saying that I'm going to do it till the bloody end, but I, I'll <laughs> I'm just as long as I'm having fun at it and and whatnot, I'm, I'll probably keep doing it. If it's three years, great. If it's five, six, eight years, I guess that's great too. It's just kind of kind of just going to go year mm-hmm. by year basis. I'm not going to really put a put too much of a time on on myself, and I want to keep doing these these schools for sure as long as i'm still at a at a high level in the sport and i still feel like i have something i can mm-hmm. i can teach the younger kids because that's to me that that is important i mean i know a lot of people say it and and it's because it's true that the next generation coming up they're they're what the future of the sport is going to be so yep. if, if without them we're not going to even have or need these manufacturers to get back involved so got to keep them coming up through and passionate about it and hopefully the manufacturers will follow along yeah that's a good point and i you know i think that's a really good way to look at it and a great attitude to be like if i'm having fun doing it because you know a lot of times you know and i'm guilty of it where i'm like you know trying to chase after a dream and i put some stupid lofty like it's when i do this i'll be you know i'll be fine and you know taking a step back and being like am Mm -hmm. i having fun while i'm racing like is this still fun like this you know this is where this is good if it becomes where racing feels like a job you know, that's when you have to almost take a step back and be like, okay, why, you know, am I here because I want to have fun or am I here because I have to be here because, you know, if, mm-hmm. in order to do yeah, this, then I can do that. And then, I, you know, so it's like, or is it just, this is like, I'm, I'm, I did this, I started doing this because it was fun. I've been able to take it to a high level because I'm passionate about it, which obviously, if you, anyone, you know, if you're this part in the podcast and not realizing the passion that Matt has for the sport and for his goals, you know, you you must have not been listening, um, but you know, obviously, you're, you're passionate about it, and you take that, you know, with what you want to do to the next level. And it's not because, you know, and definitely what I think is inspiring to people is you're not trying to take it to the next level because you think like, oh, I'm gonna, you know, get some smoking deal with some company and then you know be able to sit back mm-hmm. on my money. It's like I want to get to the next level because it's a different level of competition, and I think that's really important in the racing world. You know, especially in the local side, you know, on the smaller scale stuff that we deal with a lot with, like the dirt track racers. You know, most of them, mm-hmm. you know, the dirt. I always say about the dirt track guys, like most, none of the guys. When you go to a race on Saturday, you can almost bet money none of them are going to make it to NASCAR. None of them are going to make it. You know, most of them won't make it. Maybe even to late models, but they're going to have fun with it, and it's you know, it's what they're passionate about. And I think hearing that passion, for, especially from you about ATV racing, and kind of. Even other racers, as you guys talk about, you know, like wanting the manufacturers to be able to support more than they already are, you know, there's a passion there that in a lot of motorsports is not. It's, you know, I've been around other sports that it's just like, oh, well, we do this because, you know, you know, because there's a, there's like a big check at the end of it, you know. And I think when that happens, mm-hmm. you see you see the downfall of that, and you see all of a sudden the sport kind of falls. But that's a that's a talk about NASCAR that we can have at another time. <laughs> but um, I I agree with you completely, though. I mean. It's- and that's why I've tried. I've I've done it before when I've raced. It's just that these kind of almost a timeline and everything. And I I feel like it it just it interferes mentally too much with me. And the mm-hmm. and goals goals to me are extremely important. And big goals are I I am 
100% for it, and I set myself with big goals. But at the same time, I, I have been trying more and more lately to not not get too ahead of myself and been really just kind of, I guess, psych myself out or um, they're just me- mentally racing. There's there's a big part of racing that's mental, I guess, and especially in my sport with when you're dealing with two two hours of extremely physical racing that I'd, I want to be as mentally sharp as I can the whole time. And, I, and so I don't want to put too much pressure on myself, and I've done that in the past. So I've, I've been trying to just more, more relax with it and just truly have, have fun with it in the last few years. Mm-hmm. has been awesome. I mean, I've just been having an absolute blast with it. And this year, I mean, I know I'm only one race in, so the season's still extremely young, but it was just, I mean, I just had an absolute blast. And I want, as long as that keeps happening, I'm going to just keep pushing and mm-hmm. keep trying to get better and keep trying to race with the best in the world. And hopefully, hopefully my body holds up and <laughs> sponsors keep supporting me too. Yeah, that's, I think that's half it, you know, and I think, uh, you know, that's that, that's such a big market in the racing side is the sponsorship. And I think, you know, the attitude of, you know, sponsors aren't just there for a paycheck. They're there because they're partnering with you and they want to, you know, they want to see you go far and you want to see them go far. And, and I think, you know, mm-hmm. I've seen with what you've been done on the social media side and, you know, just putting it out there of like, hey, here's who helps me. Here's what, you know, like, here's what we're doing. Because, again, you know, as a sponsor, you want to see, you know, like you want to see that you're not just going, oh, hey, here's, you know, here's a couple hundred bucks to go race this year. You know, you want to see a turnaround with that and you want to see, you know, with what, you know, with what both sides of that equation can do. And so that's been kind of, that's been kind of cool too. But I think, uh, Matt, I think we, it was cool with you. I think we should do this more often throughout the season. Um, we have, I got yeah, definitely. I have more, I mean, we got it kind of, we got, we got the podcast schedule figured out now where we should be able to put more shows out, but yeah, I'd love to do, you know, maybe after every couple GNCCs or with what you got going on, we'll talk about how the race was and just talk about racing. Cause I think it's great to kind of pick your mind on it. You've obviously been around, you know, with with who you've been around, you kind of see what's happening with the sport, and I think that's a it's a really good you know something really good to kind of dive into that whole aspect of that side of the bigger the bigger side of it. But um, good. You, so you're going to be down in Florida this weekend. So if you're following, um, probably the best way to follow you is probably just on Facebook, I'm guessing or Instagram. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I. Uh, yeah, definitely. And then also any sort of fan of the sport or anything like that you can follow along um with the pm classes on racertv.com they have a a live feed and then on gnccracing.com they have a live timing and scoring so you can get you can sign up and get texts for certain riders or you can just get online and just watch the whole um leaderboard with every rider and every time they check through and lap times and whatnot but the racer tv actually is a is a live video feed they set cameras up all around the course um hey. so you can tune into that and and or the follow me i i try and keep up to date with my posting and whatnot and my mm-hmm. results and as much as, as much as i can on facebook or on uh instagram okay i'll link i'll link to those in the description so there'll be a link to the racer tv and the gncc app deal where they'll text you as you guys all mm-hmm. know, I'm a big fan of live streaming, so hearing about live streaming and racing is always always what I want to hear, so I will definitely tag them in it so you guys can have a chance. Is that a like a pay per view thing or is that like you can is it free? Like anyone can it's it's completely free. Oh, you yes. just uh um TV dot com. They have um the link the link will usually be if on Saturday if you get on for the ATVs, they'll have the link right on the home page usually and um tells you about what time it starts. Like I said, it is Eastern time for us at 2 p.m. So okay. here in uh, in the Quad City area, it'll be at uh, 1 p.m. Okay. So 
Yeah, that'll totally work. Yeah, so so it's it's completely free though. Cool, um, cool. Just get on and stream. Um, they go, they mostly. You won't probably see me in the XC2 class uh, a whole lot because they they really make their main focus, of course, the pros. I mean, that's oh, what yeah. it should be. But but they do. You do still get some plugs from for me. Like I still get some plugs and the other XC2 guys, and you'll see us on the video here and there but it's not as often as the pros of course but mm-hmm. it is still cool to check out yeah it's because always... the, the whole motorsport racing thing like you said it's i mean most people that like motorsports like a lot of varieties of it <laughs> yeah so yeah it's exactly if you're into one motorsport and one o'clock on a saturday afternoon there's no other motorsports going on especially this time of year good <laughs> lord there's nothing going on in motorsport wise yeah. all we all we're doing in the afternoon is sitting in garages talking about racing <laughs> because nope. that's how bad it is right now it's just like I mean, the last two weekends have been meetings and planning stuff for this season and like we keep going like we were at a racetrack two weekends ago and i'm just like sitting there staring at all the snow on it like can it be warm can we have cars out here like I'm so tired yep. of this like yeah, it's it has not been a fun winter, and hopefully, like I said, we're supposed to be dirt track racing like in a month. I I don't know if that's going to happen, but we're supposed to be. But um, but yeah, I so, hope so. I, I hope, sure so, hope so. I really hope so. Hopefully, we'll try. And, we're going to be in Columbus Junction a month this year, so maybe we'll get you uh, a weekend. That you're not at GNCC, you can come hang out with us at the track because I think Derek's yeah, going to be there it's, trying to get sideways, and I'm going to be doing some filming and other. It's been a little while since I've been to a dirt track race, but I I think I. You no, know, I went to one last year, I think, but I used to go to them pretty often. Just my racing takes up so much of my time, oh, yeah. I don't make it as often as I should, but I can definitely make it down there. Yeah, yeah, so Columbus, we were actually driving around, we were going there. Derek's like, hey, we should, because he was almost going to call you last week when we were, because we were, two weekends ago, we were on a Saturday, we were in, we were down there. But yeah, mm-hmm. I think uh, we'll try and get, we'll try and do some kind of stuff this summer, but again, I will, uh, and you'll see links on my page when you do your, um, when you're going to do your class again, so if you're interested in that at all, if you have a kid that's interested in racing, you know, getting more into it, that's a great way to get them kind of a little bit more mm-hmm. of a kickstart than just trying to go out and race for years and years and figure out, you know, figure out the hard way, all the stuff that take all the lessons that Matt learned in years and in one day. Yep, exactly. <laughs> but Matt, um, I'm going to let you get going. I know you got a bunch of stuff to get ready for this weekend. Um, but on that note, we're going to close things out. So let's, hey, if it's Bipster podcast, uh, thanks again, Matt, for coming on, and we're going to end things there. Bye.